Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan from Featherstone Nutrition. And today we have a special guest with us from Lift, Run, Perform. Mary, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. I am Mary Johnson. I'm excited to be here. I own Lift, Run, Perform. Um, it's an online running and coaching service. Um, I also... My, you, you might know me from my Instagram, which is it's a marathon. Um, and yeah, I've been around the internet world for a minute or two. That's awesome. I actually, it's funny cause I know that you guys are all connected, but I was, I don't know what we we're doing. I was in bed on a, like a Saturday morning or something. And Megan said to me, my Megan, not Megan Featherston, <laughs> that would be weird. But, um, my Megan says to me, Hey, I said, you know, I think I need to do some uh muscle gain work i feel like i'm losing muscle mass and she was like you should use this person and so like in bed i signed up for the services and it turned out it was it's a marathon uh mary uh and i had like i didn't put the two things together for some reason because i'd been we'd been following you on instagram but it was like oh that's the same person then megan's like yeah and she's also a running coach and i was like oh okay so we went through all the stuff. So it's kind of funny that here we are now and we're tied in with Featherstone, who I know uses and works with you quite closely. And now I work with you and uh, you're on the show. This is awesome. That makes me really happy because uh, the business has been around now for four years and a lot of like the beginnings were very much like me just doing my own thing. And then if people wanted to work with me, the, the concept is basically creating a group of coaches who are like-minded and we have the same training philosophy and we are able to share ideas with each other. Or if we're, if we need a problem solve, we can lean on each other. And, um, what it, it took, I mean, truly like three to four years for people to stop thinking of me and, and thinking of more of the business. So I love that that's how you thought about it too, because was not like that four years ago. It was very much like me being like, wait, I have other coaches that are amazing that I want you to work with. <laughs> um, so it was an evolution um, for sure. But I'm, you know, it's, I'm, it's just taken off in a way that I, I really didn't think it would. Um, and, and I work with Megan. Megan doesn't work with me. I work with Megan and she is amazing. I, I have learned so much from her. Oh, thanks guys. You're making me blush. <laughs> oh, no. The glue that holds us all together over here. <laughs> So before we dive into our listener question, let's talk about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Thomas, what is Inside Tracker? Funny you should ask. Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized nutrition platform that uses blood work to create one of a kind, science backed action plan to help you reach your potential for better performance and a longer, healthier life. Yeah, so they were founded in 2009, and the Boston company first started working with professional athletes who wanted to see what their biomarkers, hormone, and mineral profiles look like during their training and how they could use nutrition and lifestyle to improve. Get this, they measure over 30, 30 biomarkers and recommend food and supplements to optimize things like your energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, and more. And... The really great news for you all is for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off their entire store. Boom. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Yule. All right, so we will go ahead and get to this week's 
listener question, which is why we brought Mary in. Um, So this is not an audio recording. She just wrote in. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. And this is from Kelly Maxi, and she said, I am thin, but I don't have the body composition I want. I would like to have more muscle. How can I use running and nutrition to build muscle? We probably already know your answer, but what do you think? And is it possible to build muscle and strength while running? Totally. But of course, fueling is important. So, (laughs) um, I mean, you know, from a it also it also depends on um, I would say experience in both arenas. So, if somebody um, is not lifting at all, their propensity to gain strength and muscle is pretty easy, um, and so they can pretty much like, I mean, I wouldn't just throw it in haphazardly, but. Um, their propensity for gaining strength pretty quickly is pretty high. And what's actually the reason that um, endurance runners and cyclists and swimmers and all that good stuff, um, they're able to build muscle quickly because the whole foundation of strength training is having this aerobic like capacity. Um, So that's the beauty of, I mean, if you look at a lot of the lifters in the world, they don't want to do their quote unquote cardio. And so when you throw strength training to the endurance athlete, the results are incredible because the base is just so vast. And so you finally do get someone to commit to strength. The gains can be really big, really fast. And so you can make big jumps and then, you know, obviously strength jumps, but then like physically too, you can look at some big physical jumps or changes in in your body as well. But it's also, you need to be supported from a nutrition standpoint too, because if you're not supporting both elements, then um, it, it, it could be really tricky. I don't know. I, I guess I've been working with Mary now for, uh, I don't know. Is it two months, three months? I, I don't even know. Yeah. A couple months. Mary. I mean, you, you had a race, so we had to, I like the preferences to kind of back off when you are approaching a, an important goal, but yeah, it's been a few months, like towards the beginning of the year. And if you could see me, I'm, I'm really diesel now. Like I'm huge muscles <laughs> and stuff, but it's hard to see. It I, can, I can tell. <laughs> I'm scared, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, what, what I, what I like about it and I, I don't think is addressed in this is, is how it affects your performance, not just, uh, how it looks. And I, and I guess, you know, Megan can go into the nutritional side of how to build the muscle and sculpt the body. Cause it sounds like that's what the question is about, like gaining muscle, gaining fitness and getting the, the body type that you want. This is why I wanted to have Mary on because I get these questions all the time about how do I incorporate strength training into my running? And yes, they, people are asking me because they know nutrition is important, but I feel like there's so much more to it than just the nutrition piece, you know? So that's why I you know, think it's great to have deepen that conversation a little bit more. So people really understand where to start from that standpoint. But, you know, the thing that comes to my mind is we can't build muscle unless we have enough fuel. So if we're under fueling our runs to look a certain way, to perform a certain way, to hit a certain weight, but we're expecting our body to build muscle mass, those two are in direct competition to one another. So we can't build muscle mass when we're under fueling our body. So sometimes it's really taking that step back and making sure that we have adequate energy to do all of those things. And truthfully, as runners who are lifting, we are doing all of those things. That's a huge demand on our body. Um, and the, you know, the question I often get is like, when should I be lifting within these, you know, training phases and whatnot? So, you know, I kind of send that back to you, Mary is like, 
is it true? Do we want to try to keep hard days hard? You know, are we supposed to stack a, you know, a lift after a workout or after a long run or what does that look like? Like, what do you typically tell your athletes? Well, I mean, it's such a, it's actually a, it's an easy, but also complicated question because first the first you approach the, the idea of like, well, what is your goal? And so like, there's a, there's a really well-known strength coach. Um, his name is Dan John. And he says, keep the goal, the goal. That's like the whole point of training. And so that's really when you're looking at running training, nutrition training, lifting training, whatever training you're focusing on, you have to remember to keep the goal, the goal. And so number one is like, well, when are you incorporating lifting? Are you going through a phase where you, you want to build muscle and you're trying to, you know, like you're shifting away from the running and you're, you're gaining the muscle because the answer as to which you stack first is going to differ in that season of life versus the person who's two months out from their marathon. And then, you know, the running coach in me says, well, no, you don't have to lift to get fast. Like the lifting is not going to make you run a fast marathon. The running is going to make you run a fast marathon. So that's why it is so important to look at the big picture and not just one race, one season. Like I like to really challenge my athletes to think of like the three-year goal plan, the five-year plan, like you need to zone out in order to really focus in. So, you know, on a surface level, you could say, sure, you could stack your lifts or your runs before the other one, but it really depends on what phase you are in. Um, now a lot of people, and, and, and this is the scary thing, right? Because runners have a, have an inherent fear of backing up. I had it for years. Like I did not want to back away from the running until I had to, but what that taught me as an athlete and a coach is that it doesn't go away, that we are all actually endurance monsters, many, many of us. Um, and so not focusing on what we're already good at and looking at the different side of things and what we're not good at, which is a different muscle fiber type, this, the strength component, speed work, hill work. If we focus on that for a dedicated amount of time before we go back to that stuff that we're really good at it could totally change the entire game. So going back to the original question, (laughs) um, we could say, sure. Like if you're in a marathon season of life and you're focusing on your running, which I feel like many people are because it is so hard to step back, then sure. Focus on your hard days, um, being hard, meaning you would do your speed workout in the morning and a strength session in the afternoon. Although there's always a caveat, there was a recent piece of research that came out that suggested that actually lifting won't hurt. It could help the speed workout later. So of course, science is always like debunking, you know, things. Um, but as a rule, I would say, I, I kind of prefer to put the speed first, this, the lifting later. And then my other thing is if you're too tired to do your lift later in the day, you actually can move it to the next day. That's all right. But then you have to start thinking about recovery windows. So you're not just looking at like a Monday and then a Tuesday and then a Wednesday, you're actually looking at recovery hours. So if you do your speed workout and then you waited 24 hours to do your lift, make sure you get that in in the 23rd hour, the 24th hour, because you're trying to maximize the hour, the hour, hour windows from day to day. Um, don't, you know, sit on your butt and wait until 2 PM. Cause then you're kind of like, you know, you kind of mess with that recovery window. And so, um, so yeah, it's a little weird. Cause when I started working with Mary, you know, I got a schedule coming out and it was exactly what was happening. It was like my workout days were Wednesdays and the Tuesday, uh, my workout for running 
And Tuesday was my, I was getting a notification to do my workout for Mary's plan. And I, I my legs were just dead. I, like I wasn't used to doing squats. So all of a sudden I'm doing squats. And then I was trying to do speed work the next day. And I was like, uh, Mary, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and she's like, move your workout till after the speed work. And I was like, this works. <laughs> it's a nuance of the system. Well, so that's, that's, that's another important point though. Like you can lift upper body. Like, you think about what you're challenging. You can lift upper body. And then, I mean, I just, on Saturday I looked, I, I am pregnant and I'm not trying to run the race of my life right now. If I was, I probably wouldn't have done this, but on Saturday I lifted upper body and then Sunday went and ran a, a 5k like, and I ran harder than I have been running. So you also have to think about what you're using. Now there is a point with the lifting in which you have something like a neurological fatigue. So like training is training, you know, just because you're not lifting lower body doesn't mean you're not taxing your body and stress is stress. Um, but really, unless it's really your goal race, um, I mean, you just have to think about the muscle, the muscles that you're using in your lifting session. And it's not too complicated to stack things accordingly. Um, and, and many runners, and this is the other thing, like, you know, I just sat here talking about this for several minutes. The truth is, is that getting to that point of at which the, the strength does interfere with your running performance, it does take a little while because strength is a skill and it's not something that we all know. I mean, think about your first run. You probably, I don't know, you probably just ran to the next mailbox and ran to the next mailbox. You had to learn how to push yourself. You had to learn the speed work. Lifting is the same exact way. So a lot of runners, what you have to do is learn the skill of lifting and that takes a while too so i'm talking kind of like big picture like when you're at that point of being able to push yourself to that level that's it's it's kind of a like phase two of like the lifting game if that makes sense is there an optimal like muscle to uh cardio like how, how does someone get to the place where their running is really optimized by nutrition lifting and running, like how, how do you figure out that for yourself? Megan and I will let you know when we figure it out. <laughs> Still working on that. <laughs> I think we're all I mean, working on that. We're all, that's, that's training, right? Like we don't, there is no perfect, there's no perfect body type, first of all. And I think it'll, it, it depends on genetics and it depends on the person and like there isn't, I mean, it's, it's difficult because the truth is like, sure. On one hand, a lighter person will run faster in theory, but, but that isn't always true because when you think about like, you know, muscle to ground force reaction ratio, like if you're not producing a, a, a pretty tremendous amount of ground force reaction, which is basically like your foot hitting the ground, you're going to be a limp noodle. You know, when you get to that part of the race, when it's really, really hard, you kind of fall apart. You've all seen, I'm, we all have those race photos. where like, we look like the noodle, like <laughs> we're trying to avoid that. So there isn't really an answer to this. Cause I think it's, it's so unique to each person. And, um, we're all, we're always just figuring it out. And I actually just, Megan posted this morning on Instagram, um, about figuring out the, like, you know, if we're trying to be the lightest that we can be with the most amount of, um, with the, by maximizing our performance, like 
it isn't just such an easy question. It is something that is going to be unique to each person. And we're always kind of figuring it out and, 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 and riding that fine line of like, okay, how, how can I maximize my performance without getting injured? And that's really like the epitome of training. So Megan, when let's say someone is a runner and they just start adding in strength training to their routine, what are some things they have to think about nutritionally? Like we know like runners need carbs, but once you add in the strength piece, do we need to be thinking more about protein or does it like, what should we be thinking about? And that's kind of where my mind went with Kelly's question was it, you know, yes, we know that we need all the pieces in our nutrition to really support our running. And when we, you know, so it's not necessarily that it's that different. It just makes a timing and amounts a little bit more important. So what I mean by that is to my earlier point, let's make sure we're eating enough. Right. But then there's also phenomenal research on protein and endurance athletes and in strength athletes. So when we pull some of that research to look at the actual protein piece for combining these two things together, there's a couple of things that reign true. So one is the total amount of protein we're getting per day. But when we look at the typical American diet, like if we were to, you know, draw out like a bar graph of how much protein we take at each meal, it like grows, right? There's not much at breakfast, there's medium at lunch and there's tons at dinner. And what we know about protein, which is a little bit different than any other macronutrient that we eat is that we can't store protein in our bodies our storage form is muscles, right? So all day long, we are creating enzymes and hormones and all sorts of things out of protein. So if we're not giving our body the protein it needs, we're actually breaking down muscle mass. So there's some fantastic research on what we call muscle protein synthesis, which is when we eat enough protein to continue to augment that muscle protein synthesis that we're stimulating with strength training or running and really making sure that we're recovering enough that we're you know, to uh, Kelly's point, optimizing body composition, putting on some lean muscle mass is really the timing and the amount of our protein throughout the day. So just because we hit X grams of protein for the day, doesn't mean we're doing the best by ourselves from a lean, you know, body composition standpoint, we want to make sure we're getting enough at lunch and, or I'm sorry, at breakfast and lunch and dinner. And then there's also been a push. I, I can't remember which runner it was, but somebody was posting about their fourth meal protein recently. And so I've gotten a ton of questions on this lately. So when we look at like stimulating that muscle protein synthesis for body composition, we used to say like three times a day was fine, right? Like, you know, weight training folks that are bodybuilders that are putting on, you know, tens of you know pounds of muscle mass. Maybe they right need off. a fourth meal of protein. <laughs> right. Thomas. <laughs> right. Thomas, Thomas, get your fourth meal in. So, you know, to, to end this ramble here is so if we can stimulate this a fourth time right before bed, they've actually shown that for endurance athletes, that might actually be beneficial from a recovery standpoint. So really making sure we're hitting those protein needs four discrete times per day. And I'll tell you what, I would say like 85% of my athletes are not nailing this. Like we're inherently not great at this. So sometimes it really does take some focus and some attention. So take a steak to bed with you is what you're saying. <laughs> a steak. Mm, delicious. <laughs> nice. So Mary, I imagine you're working with people who are just getting into strength training or maybe doing weightlifting for the first time. What are some of the most common mistakes or reasons that people sort of give up on strength training? I mean, right away, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've talked about a lot in podcasts, on my Instagram, just what I, I'd like people to start like 
thinking about differently when it comes to strength training is progressive overload with strength training is not the same as going to orange theory or CrossFit or berries. The classes are really, really fun. And I, I do like, I think there's a place to fitness. <laughs> there's a, we all have a, have a different type of joy that we find with fitnessing in our lives. Um, and if you love classes, then you make it work in your training. However, if you are training strength training for performance, going to a class probably isn't going to be the most effective method to reach your goals. So, I mean, I just had somebody a couple of weeks ago decide that she preferred her classes over progressive overload training and that's okay. You know? And I think it takes the person to say, yeah, I, I just want to hang out with my friends and get a really good workout in. And the truth is, is that the beginner will totally get stronger. Absolutely. The, the, the amount of uh, muscle that will get gained, um, in conjunction with a healthy diet, there's, there's a lot of, uh, potential for that. However, there's always a limit. It's kind of like that runner that goes out and they go run marathon pace for a while. Like that works until it doesn't. And it's the same with strength training. You can go to orange theory for a while. You will get stronger totally, but then there will be a ceiling. Um, so I see a lot of people not understanding the difference between that type of strength training and then lifting heavy. And the truth is that runners can and should lift heavy, um, at a certain point because your body is going to acclimate to the lighter weights, to the bands, to the 20 pound dumbbells. It will need to lift heavier in order to create extra muscle mass. It's just that that's how the muscle breaks down. And as it repairs itself, it needs adequate fueling, but it also needs stimulation. So that means we're, we're tampering with time under tension. So like playing with something called eccentrics or isometrics, which is basically a fancy way of saying like, um, like you're not just going one down, one up, one down, one up. You're playing with the speed at which you're, you're doing your lifts. Um, you could do pauses. Like there's lots of different things you can do to make it challenging. Um, and then, so that kind of leads me to the second thing. A lot of people think if they're not going up in poundage that they're not getting stronger, but that's not true either because there's other ways to get stronger, including range of motion. Like I just mentioned time under tension. Um, and then also like changing your set and rep schemes. So, um, I would, I would say probably the number one common mistake I see is just people not lifting heavy enough. Um, and <laughs> that is, me. <laughs> I mean, it's, but, but like going back to what I was saying earlier, it's a skill. And it isn't something that's inherent. And I think we're always, it takes the person who really dedicates themselves to the practice of strength training to, to start learning. I'm, I'm a couple years in and I'm still learning. Um, and I thought I, I did a sport in college and we quote unquote lifted. And I feel like, you know, it, it's, it truly is a skill and, um, it does take some time, but the benefits are really awesome. Um, and then I think a, a lot of people are a little nervous about their form and getting hurt. Um, and that, that, that is where exactly, a coach comes in. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to jump in. The, uh, the, the nervousness of, uh, like, especially like squats. Cause I, I had that one day where I went and did workout afterwards where I was like, my legs are dead. And mm -hmm. even now, like, I'm like, okay, when I do a kettlebell, like sometimes I'll use a heavier kettlebell. Sometimes I'll use a lighter just because I'm like, my, I, I feel I, I don't know. I guess my legs are more sensitive from running, like just the tendons and stuff like that. Like if I do a side lunge or something and I feel a little tweak, I'm like, okay, drop the weight. 
Um, I, I don't want to pull anything or, or risk injuring. Uh, I, but I guess that comes with the prioritization. Like my first priority is running. My second priority is is the uh, anything else pretty much. Well, the form comes with practice. And, you know, you're saying that you do it without weight first. And, and that's, that's exactly right. Like any, any person I work with, even virtually, if they're, um, if they're, something is wrong, someone actually just emailed me a week ago. He was like, my knees hurt when I squat. What, should I stop squatting forever? I said, well, why don't you upload a video of you, do, of you doing a squat and we'll take a look. And I, I don't think you're doomed forever. And he uploaded, he uploaded a video and it wasn't Thomas. Um, and, and sure enough, <laughs> somebody else. And sure enough, um, I saw right away what was going on. He was shifting his weight forward and it was slamming all of the weight into his kneecaps. And so I said, mm. all right, let's drop the weight. And then you can use tactile cues. Like I had him squat into a chair and use the chair as a tapping, um, like a, a, a external um, sensory I, the word is escaping me, but just you, being able to tap his butt to the chair and coming back up. Um, and sure enough, as soon as he unloaded it, he was able to do it. And so then from there, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, lifting doesn't always feel good. Deload it, practice, videotape yourself, take a look, see how it looks like, and then add weight gradually before getting to the point of lifting lots and lots of weight. So Thomas came to me because his legs were dead and his workouts weren't going well. So I made him get his ferritin checked. And all it was, was he was lifting before his hard runs. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Note his ferritin was fine. I mean, well, that's another question. A lot of people often will say, do you ever get over the soreness? And do you ever like that? And it is runners don't want to lift because they don't want to stop their running. And so I would combat that going back to the like phase of life you're in. So like, maybe it's worthwhile to take two months, one month of backing off on the running and getting your body used to the lifting before adding the running back in. Cause the running is, is second nature to us. Being able to accommodate for the stress and load of lifting is what's really difficult. So, um, that's one idea. And the other is like, yeah, I think it does take a little bit of like sucking up the suck <laughs> of my legs feel dead. Um, you know, it, a lot of people think that if they're not sore, they're not seeing progress. And that is not true at all. Um, though I think, you know, we're talking about feeling sluggish and, and bad. Um, I think that went away. I, I think that was part of that was just the getting, it is like the first steps of running where uh, I, I, it was funny. Every once in a while I see someone start running and I remember things that I've forgotten, like how red my face did get when I first started running <laughs> the side cramps and the, the other stuff. And it's one of those things that it's probably a reason a lot of people don't continue to run. And it's the same thing, I think, with the weightlifting. You know, for the first totally. couple of times, my legs felt dead, but I've noticed that it's kind of going away. And if anything, now I start to notice that when I am tired, I can now address my form a little bit better with, you know, and, and we're, we're talking, I, I'm still a newbie working with uh, Mary, but, you know, I, I know... Um, you know, like from doing some of the drills that are in the workout and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, my form's breaking down. Let's keep my body moving in a lateral way and maybe concentrate on my arms and my, my stomach here. Uh, I guess they call that a core. Um, and make sure that I'm focusing on that and kind of keeping my legs in alignment. And just that kind of thing, for me, that's what I'm kind of like looking for out of the weightlifting part of of the running is to have a stronger core is to have maybe less breakdown in form later in miles. And 
obviously as I am getting older and running, I want to have a better support system for running to stay injury free. So that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Now, if I happen to get handsome and gorgeous, then, you know, that's a side effect that I'm willing to live with. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I go back to the fueling. I mean, this is why I'm like, oh, thank God Megan's here because I don't, I, I don't do meal plans. I don't tell people what to eat. I say, I, I will give a suggestion of, all right, here's what, you know, the, the general recommendation is, you know, you take your body weight, you multiply it by, by this number, da, 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 da. but I say, you know, if you really have specific goals, like Thomas, you want to be really jacked, then talk to Meg, talk, have a unique <laughs> con, uh, consultation and talk to somebody who can, who can work with you with that because, um, and it's also like, it's genetics too, in terms of like, how the muscle is going to look. And um, I think people forget that they see somebody with really nice abs, really nice arms. And they're like, I want that. And it's nutrition. It's also genetics too. Yeah. And the type of lifting. I mean, of course, like, yeah, like, I mean, we talked earlier, earlier about getting bulky, like sure. You can get bulky with lifting if you're lifting to get bulky. So there's different methods um, that you would use and runners are not even coming close to getting bulky. <laughs> um, you would literally need to be doing one rep max lifts all the time. Do you get that concern from clients? Uh, do, do you get that oh, concern? Totally. They do. They're like, I don't want to get big. Totally. And the reality is that it's you, of course, will gain a muscle, but it is the, the, actually getting bulky. You have to work at it. You have to, and you, have you have to eat, eat a lot. You have to eat a lot. <laughs> a bag of maltodextrin. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yes. Runners are not eating enough to get bulky. I wish some of us were, but um, no, I, you know, it ta- like we said before, like it takes a significant amount of nutrition to build mass. So if we're running a lot and we're meeting our nutrition leads, we probably don't have a whole lot extra to build with. So it takes prioritizing that protein, making sure we're getting enough fuel at the right times during the day. You know, it's a whole, it's an art, right? It's a whole complex. And just like Mary said, she doesn't tell people what to eat. People come to me all the time. Like, how do I get ripped? How do I get abs? How do I, I'm like, you got to find somebody to help you with the strength piece of it. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that my specialty. But that, that um, also plays into metabolism, right? what plays into metabolism, like the muscle building or like if you're, if you're doing weightlifting alongside of running, it should help with metabolism. If you do want to, to, to actually get leaned out, it, it should help with that. Yeah. So muscle, as we all know, muscle burns more calories than fat, right? So the more muscle mass we hang on to the higher our resting metabolic rate is. So yeah, there's absolutely truth to that. All right, guys, jumping in here to remind you about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. So if you're listening before, you know already, they measure over 30 biomarkers and recommend food supplements to optimize things like energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, and more. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fuel. Do it. Megan, a question for you. How does fueling change on a day where you're only lifting or weight training and there's no running? So I guess, you know, back to Mary's of like, what's the actual goal there? What I see most of the time is people are lifting on like an off day from running, but they're still running a decent total mileage 
week to week. So in that case, like our body doesn't know, oh, I'm only lifting today. Our mind does, but our body doesn't. Right. So I really try to get people to fuel consistently day to day to day because we're recovering from the run before we're probably getting ready for a run the next day. So, you know, I really try to get people to focus on making sure we're getting some steady, solid nutrition in throughout every day, regardless of whether it's a run day or a lift day when we're in a specific training block that includes them both, right? If for some reason we've decreased mileage pretty dramatically and we're lifting, um, you know, maybe that will change things, right? Maybe we focus even more on protein and we make sure our carbs meet our, our running expenditure um, and kind of retool it from that standpoint. But, you know, if it's within that training block, let's really try to keep things pretty steady. Um, one question I get a lot is people who are like running and then lifting right afterwards. And they're like, what do I do? Right. Cause it could potentially be like two hours without eating. So I usually try to get people to eat well before the run, run, have a little snack or electrolyte drink with sugar or something. So that when we go into that lift, we're not totally depleted. Cause if we're totally depleted, I'm sure Mary can attest to form falling apart. Right. So like, we want to make sure we have some sort of fuel to get us through and then have that full meal after the lift. I, I have another question. Yeah, go for it. So, Mary, if you could kind of address what are the benefits, if someone's looking to add strength training, what are the benefits that they're going to get out of it? I mean, most people are, you know, you think of straight strength training and you figure, okay, I'll get stronger. But what what do you see from your athletes are, are some of the benefits that maybe aren't as um, apparent? I mean, sometimes the hidden ones, such as, the person who always has a funny ankle or a funny knee or a funny hip. And then after a dedicated block of strength training, that funny X isn't so funny anymore. And it's totally gone away. And I think that's, you don't see that. Um, like, you don't, there's no visual thing, but it's anecdotal feedback of that person saying, Hey, I haven't thought about my Achilles in three months. And consequently they're strength training. So I think that's the coolest thing. <laughs> um, and you know, for, for some of my more experienced people that I work with, um, it's the person who suddenly has that realization of like, wow, I am lifting heavier than before. I feel better than before. My form on my lifts is better than ever. Um, and nothing hurts. And I, I think as all, as runners, nothing hurts. Like that's the, the true like success. Um, (laughs) even if you're not running like this, the one person that I'm thinking about, like she isn't running right now. Um, and, but, but in her life, like her energy is really high, nothing hurts. She's really happy. So, I mean, these are like, this is why the athlete is a whole person. It's not just that person who goes for a run and then goes for a lift. Like the person, the, the athlete is so rounded. So having the feedback of like, I feel really damn good is the best that you could get from any, any strength training result. Um, and then obviously the ones you can see, such as like, you know, if you take some, if you look at your form, um, before and after strength training, um, typically it takes a, a pretty long dedicated period of time, but you can see some, I think Stephanie Bruce just, um, posted something a couple months ago about her dramatic changes in her form, um, postpartum. And then after years or at least a few months of dedicated strength training. So, um, improving her form economy, resiliency, like that you could clearly see, um, but I think the, the real, like, I feel good. It, it can actually come pretty quick. It's funny because we get a lot of questions about shoes. So people uh, ask me, Hey, I've got, you know, 10 in proms. I always have them. What shoe do you recommend? And I almost first, I always say I'm, I'm not a PT. 
So, you know, you don't have to take my advice. But I'm like, it sounds like you need to work on muscles, not worry about your shoe. Like the shoe, if you get a neutral shoe after you've worked on your supportive muscles, you'll probably be fine. But it, it people want that quick fix. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it this way. I mean, we all hope, we wish that if we had a soft tissue injury that taking a week off would help. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, that's kind of why bone injuries are quote unquote easy. Um, you know, the bone heals and, but when you're dealing with tendons, ligaments, soft tissue, muscle, like it, if you're not addressing the issue, if you're not getting stronger around the area that is weak, you're always going to have it. And it's true. Like there are the strongest runner lifter in the world is always going to have something that, they, that they're nursing a little bit. Um, but again, going back to like, this is why we train, like, well, just keep working at it. And I think, um, that goal of always feeling good is in the back of our minds. And, um, but, but yes, to the original point, yeah, lifting will, will definitely help those little tweaks that you're mentioning. All right, Megan, give us some, maybe like final wrap up thoughts on fueling for this lean, strong body that includes running and strength training. It's going to sound like a broken record here, but eat enough. <laughs> I think first and foremost, we need to make sure that we're eating enough to support the work that we're expecting of our body, right? If we're under fueling our bodies, there is no way that we are going to reach our body composition goals. So checking in, making sure that we're eating enough. And then the protein piece is totally fascinating to me. So once we're making sure that we're eating enough, let's make sure we're eating the right amount of protein and really zoning in on the timing of that. And that we're keeping it evenly spread between our meals and, you know, last but not least, you know, once we've optimized all of that, maybe we have a very protein rich snack before bed to try to really kind of augment that, that, uh, muscle growth as well. Perfect. I can't wait for your list of pre-bed protein snacks. Thomas is taking a sirloin to bed, yeah, but most that, people will do something like cottage yogurt. cheese or a protein shake or yogurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are talking boring protein. <laughs> if only yeah. ice cream had more protein. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> we do like moochies or mochis. I don't even know how to say it. I don't think there's protein in that. Mm. Good. <laughs> my, my kids love those. We have every flavor in our freezer right now. I think they're very strange though. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. I've got that like rice paper like, around them. Sorry, total yeah. change of subject. But that's my nutritional <laughs> advice for people. That and a <laughs> shot of vodka. <laughs> Don't listen to Thomas. <laughs> All right, Mary, you have been very insightful. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and if people want to get in touch with Mary, yeah, where can they find you? You can find me um, on social media, on Instagram. It's probably where I'm most active. So my personal one is It's a Marathon. And then the the business account, the uh, my lifting slash running business is Lift, Run, Perform. Um, so our website is liftrunperform.com. Um, but really, you can send me a DM. I have a thing about getting back to all messages, even if it's like weeks later, I will get back. Um, so please feel free to reach out. And I started on Instagram in 2010 and um, now it's been able to support what I love and do. And like to be able to just communicate with people is it's fun for me. So. All right, cool. That's it for me. Uh, I think we should thank Kelly for sending in the question. Yep. Thanks and, Kelly. Yeah. And if you have a question, you want to record it, you can go to the anchor app 
and record your question for us and get professional advice from our team of professionals, which is Megan Featherston. And, um, and today, get, Mary Johnson. And today, Mary Johnson. But normally, you know, I'm just here for uh, the stupid comments. Megan gives, you know, the smart questions. So thanks for tuning in this week. And I hope you found it useful. All the information that Mary gave you, where you can contact her, we'll put in the details. They call those the show notes. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Yeah. yeah this was fun.